listening to the Mondays with Midger podcast. Founder and CEO of Legal Leadership, a company specialising in the leadership training and coaching of lawyers. Get set to jumpstart your week with a shot of mojo as Midger and her guests talk all things life, love and leadership. Hey, it's Monday and I'm Midja and welcome to the podcast all about life, love and leadership. We have a very special guest uh, on the podcast today and in the studio here on the Gold Coast, Andrew Antonopoulos. Welcome, Andrew, to Mondays with Midja. Thank you, Midja. Do you call everybody a special guest or am I just the special guest? No, you're the only specials. Like my kids ask me who their favourite is. Yep. There's my, one favourite. My kids tell me they love mum. <laughs> mum's the favourite. Mum's the favourite. So, Andrew, tell me a little bit, like, okay, first question, what what could I find out about you? I, I, I Googled you, of course, before you came on the podcast, found out a lot about it about you. What couldn't I found, find out on Google? I, I think I'd rather know secret. what you found out from Google. <laughs> um. What you can't find from Google, mm. I played in a punk rock band for about eight years of my life. I right. was going to be a studio drummer until I went home to my dad and said, this law school thing's probably not a good dream for me. I want to be a studio drummer. And I uh, was almost written out of the will, borderline right. kicked out of the house, and mm-hmm. I decided that I would pursue my academic career. <laughs> <laughs> and so why... Well, firstly, tell us a little bit about what you do now, Andrew, then. If it's not drumming, what is it? What do you do? Um, I'm still drumming because that's my release. You've got to have something to kind of, of release. Yep. So I own ABA Legal Group. Um, I've got a software company that I own. I started that one a number of years ago. And major, you know, PRX, which is an experience-based, I guess, group. I, I don't like to call it networking, but it's a group of business owners that get together do cool shit. Do cool shit. Do cool shit <laughs> with cool line. people. Let's do cool <laughs> shit. Nothing boring. Uh, as soon as it gets boring, um, I'll, I'll be I'll lose interest. So it'll have yep. to be run by somebody else. Um, so yeah, I've got I guess those three businesses and family life. I've got five year old twin girls, beautiful wife, trying to just manage all of the chaos. Yeah, mm. love that. Love that. And so, what is? Well, maybe there isn't a typical day or a typical week uh, for you. No, no, probably not. And and I I think that's by design. Um, I don't fit into a routine very well. I don't manage the same thing day to day, the office day to day very well. I start to get in my own head and I start to meddle. I'm, I'm, I'm not a good meddler. So as soon as I get into a routine, I meddle and I tend to screw things up. Um, I think I've, I've, Received like from a lot of like business owners or leaders when I'm talking to their people. Mm. Sometimes I'll kind of go, now sometimes it's best if they're just away from the office. Sometimes I don't know whether you yeah. have got that feedback from some of your people. Uh, or, or all of them. <laughs> or all of them. <laughs> or all of them. Um, no, I got that feedback a lot. And I think, again, by design, um, I have people that are exceptional at things that I'm not exceptional at. Mm. And without the space for them to be themselves, um, they, they, they don't. They, they just don't do it in their own natural, genuine way. Mm. So the less time I spend, I feel, the more uh, opportunities I create in and amongst the team. So talk to me about then your leadership style, what you bring, what your magic is in regards oh. to... Because we've got, we got magic. What's yours, Andrew? It, it, it all came 
through a culmination of strength tests where I was called the Woo Boy. Ah, and, yes. And, Is that Clifton Strengths? Yeah, Clifton, yes. Clifton Strengths. And um, my associate director, uh, Tony, went through this whole exercise, and I was the only Woo Boy in the firm, which I thought it was like that How I Met Your Mother episode, Girls on the Bus, woo, just going I've out. A, I've got a heavy woo in me oh, as I know, well. Oh, I know, yes. you and me, Midget. <laughs> um, but winning others over. So I guess yes. the leadership style that I fell, uh, well, I didn't fall into it, that I realized where I fit best is that vision. It's that vision. It's mm-hmm. the what's possible. It's the identifying where people could go that they don't yet know themselves to be there. Mm-hmm but you can see it in them. You know, you can just tell with some people that they're going to do amazing things. You don't know what it is yet, but you can kind of lead them down a path to, to the deep end where I always say, I'll, I'll, I'll put you in the deep ends where I know you can swim and I'll be there to support you if you start to, start to fail a bit. Mm. So you always, that's, again, my leadership style has always been create the opportunities for other people to kind of realize their own potential rather than try and shove their potential down their throat and say, you will be this. You, you are good at that. You will be this. Mm. And so practically, how do you do that? No I mean, idea. apart, no apart from just getting out of their way a bit and say, stepping away from the office sometimes and, and not hovering or, or that kind of stuff. Like yeah. practically, because I think you're the type of leader that, I don't know, a lot of people associate with leadership. If you look at like the visionaries, the great storytellers, the great – you know, connectors, connecting mm. people to a vision, you know, I have a dream, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Practically how... You need the right you, you need the right network, I think. Okay. I think you need the right network. You need two things, I think. The right people around you to support that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and by supporting that vision is to tell you when your vision's stupid sometimes because every visionary has stupid ideas and yeah. you need to be surrounded by people that can challenge you and you need to be a leader that can kind of accept that challenge. Um, Yes. That criticism, that negative feedback, constructive feedback, whatever you want to call it. You can't be a sensitive leader that takes that and says it's my way or, or, or you're out kind of thing. So I think one side is surrounding yourself with people that can support, add extra strengths where you don't have strengths and then see that vision and be able to materialize it, I suppose. Because I can see yep. it, I can see a lot of things in reality. I can, I, I can live the vision before I've even gotten halfway there. But yes. it takes somebody else to get me there because I know I can't do it myself. So, people surrounding me on that side, mm. um, and the other side of that equation is the independence, I guess, of of other people, mentors. I've always had a coach. Yes. I think I've told you that I've always had a coach since I started ABA, mm-hmm. even before I started ABA. Because you need that independent objective uh, poking holes in your story that you told yourself. <laughs> Has that been that ability to be able to accept the feedback or the the evaluation of your ideas? Has that been something that you've had to grow into? Uh, I was going to say with age, but you're not that old, Andrew. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, was it? Were you ever kind of more of the it's my way and these are my ideas and... No, I think I was more... I would have a thousand and one different thoughts about an idea and I would mm-hmm. rattle around in my head. I would get myself worked up about things that weren't real yet. I'd get myself... I would plan every worst-case scenario before okay. I would take any kind of action. So I think I was already 
naturally that way inclined in my okay. own head and my thoughts and my various personalities. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think I had to really work my way into accepting feedback. I think because, just thinking about it now, yep. I've always got that kind of reality in my mind. I, I can kind of see it playing out. Mm-hmm. And the criticism's always me trying to figure out how I make that a reality. So it's not about confronting me. I've always kind of seen it as supporting my thoughts and kind of filtering my own thoughts through somebody else's criticisms towards that reality. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not about me at that point. It's about what you're trying to create. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, is and I think that's the difference, right? When it's either about you and mm. that ego-driven kind of um, way versus purpose, vision, mm. something more than yourself. And and when, yeah, you can depersonalise that, I guess, then easier to take on the feedback and all the criticism mm. and the because it's, it's not just about you, it's the idea and it's what you want to create. Mm. And I think if you're focused on the people and trying to, create some opportunities or success for the other people around you mm-hmm. it really can't be about you mm. so what sort of people do you then need around you well, I, need, I need types. an integrator i need somebody who's yep. going to implement the crazy ideas follow them through create mm-hmm. some structure around it if you ask anybody about me there's there's no structure really mm-hmm. i'm kind of just going with what's important to me at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> or the loudest wheel i suppose gets the grease so yes the integrator and the manager and the implementer. Um, I'll never be one to create governance frameworks and policies and procedures, but we've got them because mm. I've got really good people that can implement that. Mm. Um, and then I need I need the, the people that'll hear you out. Um, as crazy as an idea sounds, you kind of got to work through it all with somebody mm-hmm. who's able to logically and practically pick holes in it so that at the end of the day, you know you've thought about it. And if it's a shit idea... It's a shit idea, but you need to come to that conclusion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I know you've just launched a what would you is it a brand story for ABA Legal? Is that what it's a video? Um, it's a we sort, of, sort a, of called it an ideal client story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There's an opening line from you mm. uh, around the reason, like the reason why you created ABA Legal, and it's about, you know, when mm. Something about when you don't actually want a lawyer or a law firm or to or to do something or to to, to be the, to do law differently or I mm. forget the actual words of it. I should have had it written down. Um, but tell me about that because I really feel that sense from you around not anti-establishment. I don't want to say that, but there's this kind of this <laughs> this need to break the mold and and to, particularly doing law. In a different way, or like a like yeah. a, a different sort of way I think, of I practicing. I think what I said and 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 the fellow that did that video was was exceptional because I told him what we were after and give me something. And we went to him because he's not. I've gone to anyone who's done any work for us, marketing or brand agency sort of stuff. If they work with law firms, I won't work with them. I've I've always said I'm I'm going with people who've not looked at the law firm and the industry and the legal industry and created anything for that industry because we are trying to be a little bit different yes um, yeah I've, I've always said i've gone to the hipsters to make them a little bit more corporate and make me a little bit more hipster so it's kind of <laughs> trying to build that bridge 
Yes. Um, so I think the line was, we're, we're a law firm for people that don't like law firms. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And um, the, the why of that, I, oh. I, don't, I don't really know where it stems from, but I felt like I never really fit in. So mm. it's kind of that misfit of sorts. And I thought if, if I'm not enjoying the law firm experience or the, the corporate experience, mm. there's got to be others. There's got to be people I'm on the client alone. side. There's got to be people in the employee side. There's got to be people in the partnership side. There's got to be everybody in and amongst the traditional bureaucracy that, that from time to time looks at it and says, I don't enjoy this. I don't mm. enjoy this day to day. I don't enjoy this bureaucracy. Um, so what's different? About what? About about ABA, um, from a client perspective, and also from, from someone the client working perspective, in the firm. Uh, I guess from the client perspective, we've we've never been a no firm. We we won't tell you what you can't do. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you how you can do what you want to do, but we won't tell you that it's not possible. We won't tell you that these are the reasons that you can't do it. Okay. We'll always measure risk. We'll we'll always identify the business model, the the transaction model, and we'll always be in and amongst that transaction to find the solution rather than put obstacles in the way. Okay. Um, so I guess in what's different, that entrepreneurial client, they're already there. They've already created that reality for themselves. And, and lawyers traditionally in their world would say, well, you can't do it that way. And they go, okay, well, how can I do it? I say, well, that's not my job to tell you how you can do it. Mm-hmm. Where we've created that, this is how you do it. We see the potential, pursue potentials, our other yeah, value. Um, and if, if we're not pursuing their potential but putting roadblocks in the way, then we're, mm. we're actually against what our values stand for at ABA. So on the client side, it, it's a lot of that. Join the journey and be the business owner mentality rather than the traditional stick in the mud. Hold tell them you what back. You can't do. Yeah. Can't do this. And Here charge you for the privilege of saying no. It's yeah, when you've, when you've got a company or, a, or a, like a founder or, a, as you said, with a quite an entrepreneurial kind of spirit that just wants mm. to keep moving yeah. And, yeah, and keep shaking things up and do things differently and the lawyer's like going... Uh, excuse me. Uh, I'd like to talk about clause no. 17A <laughs> subsection. <laughs> That's right, and I can, I can appreciate that kind mm. of. I have that kind of spirit in me, and when I've worked with people who just keep go, pulling me back, mm. trying to make me slower, trying to you know put me in a box or tell <laughs> me to do something a particular way, it's really frustrating. Uh, what about from a then from uh, like a, a lawyer point of view or someone? working within the firm what does that look like well you you need those lawyers that will do the detail as well like you yes. need the lawyers that'll look at those clauses draft them exceptional draftsmen all that sort of stress drafting those clauses is important mm. and segueing into the sort of lawyer journey with us um, we have lawyers that are exceptional at that and that's what mm. they love that's what they want to do um, where we don't or we don't have that specialty we refer I mean we're prolific referrers because we're a tax firm Yes. Um, we're a tax firm full of innovative clients, entrepreneurs. The R&D tax incentives are our core business. Mm-hmm. So where we've got this specialization or where we've got the people that are able to deliver excellence, we use those people and we have those lawyers, and that's what they've identified they want to do. Mm-hmm. So on the lawyer side for us, it's, well, well what do you want to do? There, there is no limits. You, we've, had, we've had lawyers that wanted to travel the world and be tax advisors to the gray nomads, not the gray nomads, now they're the digital nomads. Yes. Um, and that's, that's what she's doing now. And we sort of worked with her. We, we sort of got to a point where she wanted to do that. And, and her potential was to travel the world, mm-hmm. advise digital nomads about their tax on consequences and their structures. So just as our client's potential is important, so is our staff's 
potential. Anybody, yes. not just lawyers, op staff, admin staff. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time working with our staff and saying, well, what, what is your potential? What is your dream? What is your sort of goal mm. uh, inside law and outside law? And let's do that because you'll yes. be happiest if you're doing what you want to do rather than what we tell you to do. Yeah. So on the, on the lawyer side, it's whatever you want to do with some caveats. I, 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 I've told my staff, they say it's too graphic, but I say if I ever want to run a conveyancing department, they're allowed to punch me in the throat. <laughs> um, right. And other areas that we just always stick to our lane. We, we could have done wills and estates, and we're not going to do that because that's not what we mm. do. We've had lawyers that wanted to do that, and we've sort of said, look, that's not an area that we want to get into that traditional yes. general firm kind of mindset. Yep. And if that's what you want, we'll work with you and our partners and our referral partners and our network to get you into a firm mm-hmm. that, that will give you that sort of framework. So within reason, because I've got some things in the ground, I won't do family law, uh, and there's some exceptional family lawyers Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Um, so we won't touch it. Litigation we won't do, too stressful. Um, I just can't take that stuff and leave it at the office. I'll take it home with me. Sure. So for our lawyers, it's it's that. Do you, mm-hmm. you want to get into a particular industry? We'll find that industry. Um, Love that. And I and that's where I excel is, is we've got a lawyer that wanted to get into that clean energy and green space. So I took that and I started to find strategies to get us clients in that space. Mm-hmm. So now we've got whole bunch of clients doing really cool electric vehicles we've got clients that are trying to look after different carbon sequestrations different sort of climate change reactions to the policies so when an individual has got a passion and a purpose and that's what they want let me combine my law degree with my passion Mm -hmm. i'm all over that yes i just i look at that and that excites me to do that for that person yep um so that's kind of what the lawyers for those that have that kind of drive Mm -hmm. we do that and those that want to be the sort of the minders, grinders, and finders mentality. For those that want to show up to work and grind out, just do the work and be do exceptional at it, do great work. We've got a spot for you. It's just that structure needs to be right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our, our managing partner, yeah, would always use the phrase from as long as I remember, just aces in their places. He would always say that. He's like, it's, it's uh, yeah, identifying those talents and, and that magic and just a piece I was reading recently around yeah that goal setting piece for in corporate and they were talking just this around what what are the personal goals of your people like Mm. is this person trying to buy their first house um you know is there some financial incentive there for them right now because for someone else they might have a very different personal goal Mm. um that through their work you can help them achieve whether it's writing a book or pursuing another passion somewhere else um and it was very much around if you can really f- get to know your people and, and connect with personally what else is going on for them and the life that they're trying to create and how you as you know the employer and the business owner can, uh, can be a part of that, then, that, then there's a win-win there. And yeah. you're, you're, there's a whole lot of outcome from that that's really great for you as well. <laughs> and, then, well and, and it's a really good point. I mean, if they've got a personal goal that they're not achieving – they're not going to be operating at 100%. Their happiness levels won't be mm-hmm. at, a, at a point where they're coming to work energized mm-hmm. and then they donate or give you 10 hours, 12 hours, 8 yes. hours, 6 hours. Yeah. They're not giving the most to their career yeah. or the business or their colleagues or, their, or whoever if they're not looking after what's happening outside of work. 
So there's a bit of that balance that's hard too because you don't want to take the responsibility for their personal goals, but you also want to know that their career is driving them towards that. Mm, um, absolutely. And, and I mean, that leadership style, and I know you've got Tony coming on. She, she's exceptional. Yes. It's how can our time in the business support your career goals that will align with your personal goals? Mm, yes. And she's often told me, says, Andrew, ABA is not right for everybody, and their personal goals and their career goals just can't be done here. And yep. that, that was hard to sort of hear because I'm like, I can, I can take everybody's <laughs> goals and passion. I can do everything, but it gets to a point where, yeah, we're, we're not right for some people because, again, we don't have that traditional structure. Um, yes. We don't have the show up in your days planned. We, we don't have that. We just operate a little bit differently where the traditional law firm model is what some people really thrive in. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I work with lots of different law firms and I can tell very much uh, from the start of my interaction with the law firm and many law firms I go into, I even know from the reception area from that first meeting and I know our first meeting, yeah. I went up the stairs at ABA and I, I knew Tony. I'd met Tony uh, a number of times and I was coming in for a meeting and I sat on the couch in reception and there was a book that you had mm. at reception there. And I thought, well, I'll grab this book and have a flick through. It was a – what book? Do you know what book I'm talking about? Uh, I know the book. I forget what it's titled, yeah. but it's Barb's book on, on um, I guess, counselling terminal pediatric cancer patients. Yeah, it was just a beautiful, yeah. beautiful book. And um, – yeah, you strolled out. Is that what I do? You just strolled. <laughs> this I didn't say strutted. That would have been worse. You strolled out in your polo and jeans or t-shirt and jeans. Um, and we've, we've kind of taken on the same look now. Maybe I've been hanging around you too long. Now I'm in sort of jeans and black t-shirts continually. Oh, maybe I saw you before I started and I was, <laughs> I'll follow me just style. And you just came and you just sat beside me on the couch and said – um, hey, what do you think of the book? <laughs> and I was like, hello, who are you? And, you know, it was just, it, it, it absolutely sort of to me was just an indicator of firm culture, what this place is about. Mm. Um, and I think you can, you can tell, I can tell pretty much off the cuff around like firm culture, what this place is like. Mm. Um, and, yes, I could tell from the first moseying sitting on the couch next to me hey what do you think um that what the firm was about what and what you were like um as a leader as well and yeah not right for everyone and staying in your lane is so important even now in my business I don't stay in my lane and whenever I do things because someone's just asked me to do it mm. and it's some money and it's whatever um, there might be a whole lot of reasons why I do it. But, yeah, afterwards I go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Either I didn't do a great job of it, like I didn't feel great about the contribution I made or the difference I made. Um, and it does devalue. Like I feel like it doesn't do anything for me. It kind of devalues, I think, some of my other work because it's not in my lane. It's not my magic. Yeah, it's what else could you be doing if I wasn't doing yeah. that. It's, and, and, again, leadership podcast and – I've often said to, because the hard part when you grow, we, we grew to about 30 
um, quickly, extremely mm. quickly, mm. is you can't be a leader to 30 people. You, no. you can be a good leader to a small number of people. You can be a very ordinary leader to a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. So you need those that, that second layer, as much as I hate any kind of vertical, it's you, so important. you need those people who are then also displaying a leadership quality and, a, and sort of living the culture of, of the firm the mm -hmm. same as I always thought it to be. Um, and in doing that, it's everybody else has to stay in their lane. Like they've all got to have their own happiness. They've all got to take home a positive energy to their, their family or boyfriends or housemates, whatever you've got. Mm -hmm. So then that sort of trickle-down effect, and that was the hardest part, is to not accept that I had to be a part of everybody's career goals and journey. Mm. Um, and how do you then create a brand, which it's hard in any law firm, and ABA Absolutely. is uh, it's, a, it's an initial law firm. <laughs> yes. So how do you then take what I did in the time that I spent growing the firm and the business now and put that into a logo of sorts that the rest of the people would implement a similar kind of stay in your lane do what brings you joy mm -hmm. and every time I did any of the values it always landed on fun how do you make sure everybody's having fun mm -hmm. you, you can't be in a bad headspace mindset you can't be in that kind of negativity if you're having fun and if work's a fun environment you'll take stories home and you'll take stories on the weekend and you'll talk to your friends oh, I had this fun client I had this crazy client I had this cool transaction I had this beautiful structure I did and what I love is people are like how do you have so much fun as a tax lawyer like, <laughs> tax law is tax boring lawyer. <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely I think even sometimes even the lawyer piece in itself mm. I remember going to barbecues a lot growing up at barbecues or whatever and when I was you know, practicing law and uh, growing up, like I was still growing up in my 20s. Yep, I was. I'm still growing We're up right now, absolutely. Uh, I don't know what I'll be when I grow up, but I'm very interested <laughs> to find out what it's going to be. Uh, and people like people would say, oh, what do you do? And I'd say, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a partner of a law firm. And they'd laugh. Oh, they would laugh. And they'd go, that's a very funny, what do you really do? And I'm like, I don't know what you're like. <laughs> oh, that's what I do. And they just, their little head, they just couldn't get around it because that, that preconceived notion. And even now, mm. um, I did an event recently, Dancing CEOs, and people come up to me afterwards and said, thank you for showing like others what lawyers can really do and what we can really be like because mm. we can be fun. Absolutely. All the lawyers I know are fun <laughs> in our group. They're, yeah. they're cool people. Now that you've brought it up, you're exceptional. Dancing CEOs <laughs> was an extraordinary effort. Look how I just brought that up, just read. I wasn't going to bring nice it up. I, I didn't know. I said, oh, <laughs> it's your podcast, but holy moly. That was an amazing but day fun, for you. But fun, yeah. but just the opportunity. And I know um, for you and, and what you do, and and we'll talk about PeerX shortly as well, mm. but just to me, the ability, just to, the opportunities that come. Yeah. Um, through work, through... So, so next time you're at a barbecue, try saying you're a tax lawyer and see what response you get. Absolutely. I will do that. Let's see what happens with that. <laughs> Let me know. I will. They, 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 they break the camp in two. You're either too boring to talk to or you work for the ATO and they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> so it's... Um, yeah, no, that, that... I just, again... And people have often heard me say I never really thought of myself as a lawyer. So it's... it's that, again, going back to the video... If I never thought of myself as a lawyer because I never really knew what my stereotype of a lawyer was, you just end up being yourself. Yes. Um, 
and one of my clients when I left um, the firm I was I was at before I started ABA and I rocked up in jeans and a t-shirt he said what happened to you I said oh I've started my own thing he said thank god he said it was so stuffy when you showed up in a suit he said just thought I was paying for your suit he said I feel more comfortable now and it it, it was actually kind of eye-opening you yeah. create an environment again talking about space where they mm. felt that they were talking with a friend or a colleague more than the lawyer that they were being charged x number of dollars to yes. talk to because yep. you didn't I didn't present as if I was any different to that entrepreneurial client in that mm. sort of world in that space because that's not where we work if I was in ASX listed companies then you'd put a suit on and you'd show up although I've done a couple meetings with listed companies in t-shirts and it's it's almost comical. Uh, I kind of do it for, <laughs> maybe I do it for a reaction, but it's also stay true, stay in your lane. And I've shown up in t-shirt and jeans to meetings with ASX board members. <laughs> I love that. Trying. I love that. But but that's hard because then you've got a very short window to impress them because your first impression wasn't impressive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Andrew, we've spoken about your leadership and your leadership style. Flipping it around to our young professionals and people entering the workforce and looking at starting their career, what kind of leadership, what sort of law are they looking for? I know it might be varied depending on, but just from a mm. from a generational kind of viewpoint, I know what I'm kind of seeing, keen to hear from your point of view what you're seeing and hearing. Um, I'm hearing that I'm now generational and I don't get the next generation. That's <laughs> confronting. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, um, welcome, Andrew, to that. It's a good world up, up, up in this older bracket, I suppose, if it's an older bracket. Uh, what am I experiencing with the younger lawyers coming through is, is probably a lot of uncertainty. Um, mm. I guess not sure what they want to do, not, not sure with a lot of them. Like, I did a law degree, and I always ask the question, why? Yeah. It's always interesting. Mm. Um. Oh, my mom's a lawyer. My my dad's a lawyer. My uncle has a law firm. It's very rarely about anything they believe the legal industry or the legal career really is. It's mm-hmm. it was a good degree that I'd have a stable career. Mm-hmm. Um, so in in seeing the younger lawyers come through, I think they're largely uncertain of what they want to do. Uh, law school doesn't really prepare you extremely well to be a lawyer. So I've always said to the younger lawyers, experience everything. Yes. Get in and, and work with us. It's it's harder for a younger lawyer to come in and work with us because we do so much. Mm. Um, and in a relatively different way. Like you'll pick up a corporate file and a commercial file and a, a trademark file, an IP file and a distribution file all for the same client. And they're all expecting it by Thursday. But they're like, they're, they're really cool clients. So it's really good on the client management piece. Yes. Where for a lot of young lawyers, I've said, go to a bigger firm. Um, go and experience departments. Go and experience uh, your 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 cohort of colleagues going through that big environment. Because where we work best is for those that don't like that environment. Um, yes, I know some of your lawyers um, have sort of been a part of big law, or mm. have sort of experienced, you know, either or, or some of the big consultancy, the big full consultancy yeah. firms, um, and then sort of made the shift um, and. Yeah, certainly I started my career at Pricewaterhouse. Yeah. Um and knew just culturally it wasn't sort of my space. Oh, you don't say. Just I, I of course aces in their places mm. again. Um 
So, yeah, sometimes, as you said, good to experience different things and go, oh, that's not for me. Yeah. What is for me now? Yeah. And being able to cross some things off that weren't for you is not a bad place to start. There's an easy way, not an easy way, because it's, it's challenging for some people. Reach out to them. And I've said this with a lot mm-hmm. of the young lawyers and the lawyers that are just about to graduate and talking to us. Speak to a partner at a big firm. Take them out for coffee. Yes. I mean, there hasn't been one instance where I've said to somebody who's done it, because, again, I always say to them, 90% of the people you tell to do something, in, in my opinion, don't do it. No. But the ones that do, they, the partners in those big firms and managing partners don't say no. And for no. the cost of a coffee or a lunch or a dinner, I don't even care which restaurant you go to, the impact that an hour or four hours with somebody can have on your career direction if you have the right questions is is exponential. It's huge. And uh, it's one of the biggest pieces of advice that, um, that um, I will give as well. I've had people reach out to me on LinkedIn and what, whatever to come and just spend a day trailing me doing whatever I'm doing. I mean... That's a bit much, but <laughs> it's a bit much. They're like, "Can we come to this workshop? Can we come and do this? Can we oh, watch yeah. you? You know, come when you do a keynote." And uh, I am so flattered by that. I'm just like, "Oh yeah, you can <laughs> take some, you know, some footage for socials." Yeah. But people don't do it. People don't ask. No. And I said, if people ask, oh my goodness. And same, if you ask people about their career around that, I find most people love talking about themselves mm. and. So reach out absolutely to those people, buy them a coffee. So I've said as well, find your five questions. And don't go with a list of questions, but find your five questions yes. that you really want to know and, and hit up five senior partners, managing partners of different firms with mm-hmm. different industry experience and find your benchmark because the way a young lawyer will interpret those five interactions with those five questions in mind mm-hmm. will what's that? You're probably talking hundreds of years of experience that you're filtering yes. through the, the lens of a young lawyer mm-hmm. who's aspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would just be gold. Yeah. Um, I, I had that opportunity, which is where I learned the minders, grinders, and finders, where uh, yes. I had a mentor. Um, I did it a little bit differently, but I had a mentor, and I, I was going into the bigger firms, and he said, Andrew, I had an offer. For, for what was the pinnacle of the career that everybody in law school will tell you. And he sat me down and said, I want you to turn it down. And I said, no one turns these down. He says, well, I want you to turn it down mm. and go into a smaller firm because you're not designed for what we're going to put you through. Um, he said, you'll, you'll, ex- you'll excel, you'll compete, you'll do all of the things we expect you to do at this level of the firm, you'll get to the next level, and you'll do the same thing, and you'll get to the next level, and then he said, you'll do one of two things. You'll burn out and leave the law, mm. or you will leave our firm and take half our clients that we introduced you to because you're a relationship guy. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> he said, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Best advice I ever received, I would say, massive fork in the road for my career because mm. I, I took his advice. Again, not many people will take the advice of somebody. Yep. Uh, instead, just keep judging along the path they're on. And I think that changed the whole dynamic of my life. Because mm. uh, I would have, I would have been the top tier firm in Sydney, fighting that eastern suburbs, which restaurants the most popular one to go to to be seen, kind of n- nonsense. Where now I'd have the exact opposite of that. You life. would not be here in your jeans and sneakers and t shirt in the podcast studio at Mermaid <laughs> Beach. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, no. I wouldn't. 
I don't know where I'd be, but eh, defining what I call happiness now and what that world looked like, it just wouldn't have resonated with me. And it's a it's a huge question I get asked a lot around what what can I do with my law degree? Like what what opportunities are there for me? Mm. And I'm always quite I don't know, I'm always quite taken aback when I hear that. It's something that people ask me to talk about a lot on on their podcasts and things like that. Um and I can see in their eyes that they're there's a lot of choice and, you know, the world is open and and sometimes I feel like they're a little bit deer in headlights insofar as there's so much they don't know what to do with it mm-hmm. and and they're in their 20s and they're young <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. it's okay. As you said, we're still growing up. Like I'm still not sure what my business is, where it's heading and what yeah. I want to create with it and I'm nearly 50 and I'm like, that's okay. Hopefully I've still got another 25 years or so of creating and doing stuff. And um, so I feel like I'm just beginning mm. in some respects. Yeah, take that young lawyer as well. And and like we talk about going to lawyers and managing partners and senior people in the industry, go to business. I mean, yes. it's just as easy to ask somebody of a sizable company who's been successful to reach out and say, would you like a coffee? Learn the business yes. world. Um and again, you'll you'll be better as a lawyer understanding the business world, but not business because you can you can learn that in various sort of formats. Mm-hmm. But what drives the business owner? What what drives a yes. director? What yes. drives a CEO? Because what a director wants and a CEO want are different things. Mm-hmm. What drives the CFO? So if you start mm-hmm. getting exposure to the business world through again coffees, coffees, yes. meetings, one on ones, talking, questions, listening. getting out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm you start to just, your your mind will start to filter things. Then when you get your next legal matter, I've always said, well, who gave it to you? The CFO gave it to me. So, well, your response will be quite different than if the CEO gave it to you. Yes. Um, is your CEO also a shareholder, a founder? Because your response is going to be different. You need to understand yes, founder, the business CEO, world. and and yeah, so I want a CEO that's, that's been brought in 10 years later for a three-year stint. Yeah, yeah. Different paradigm. Now, what what I think's missing, and, and that's all exceptional, and, and I also say to the, lo- the young lawyers, you, you got to give us a couple years of hard work. You, you've mm. got to buckle down. <laughs> you've got to own your career, is what I've said to a lot of the lawyers. Yes. And, I mean, we've seen a lot of young lawyers come through different firms, and I've seen a lot of other firms, and I've always said, you've just got to be better and more engaged and more interactive than others mm-hmm. because I find the younger lawyers aren't as upfront with their questions. Or their questions being around their career or just generally that life goal. Um, And I've often said if you can give a couple years of really hard work, if I rewind to when I was starting my career, I'd put in as many hours as it took. I'd learn anything I could. I'd Mm -hmm. pick up any file they'd let me. I'd review finished files. I'd, I'd ask questions of the senior people why did you say this? What what in that financial Mm -hmm. statements drove you to do that? So I I was just so hungry to learn. Yeah. And if you can do that for a few years, you're sort of set for the rest of your career because yes. the amount of knowledge you'll put in your brain is just that much more to the person who sits at the desk and waits for a file. Yes. Um, so I've said to a lot of the younger lawyers, be inquisitive. Create your questions, ask your questions, and put in the hard work knowing that work will pay off massive dividends Yeah. once you get over that hurdle if you're willing to have the resilience to get there. 
Yeah, that, that that nothing can beat that sort of that hard work and that consistency piece as mm. well. Um, I'm still working on that. There was someone the other day on a podcast, and I was on Instagram, and they had it was an American woman as a hugely successful podcast and a little bit um, similar space. And they're like, how did you get your podcast so successful and all of this? And she said, I've released a podcast every week for nine years. That's <laughs> yeah. how. You know, Not she's the nine-year overnight success. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I can't do the maths. I don't know how many podcasts that is. I just keep showing up mm. and doing it. And, yeah, people starting a podcast will ask me. And she's like, uh, there's no magic in this. No. Turn up, do it. It's the same in anything. That's right. The same in anything. The overnight success. I always love those lines. I know. I know. Not happening. Not happening. Um, so, Andrew, PRX, I know you mentioned it earlier. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit about that initiative and what drove it and what it's about. Um, that was one of those, again, business ideas that I I have to sit with them for a while and I need to let them kind of sit in my brain and the ones that I can't get out of my head for a number of months I've just got to do them mm -hmm. and figure it out as we go um PRX was always on my mind about how do I do this because um I don't know if you know this I was part of Young Professionals Gold Coast um when it started I did know that and in being a part of that I sort of experienced what that was like mm -hmm. um in the early days it was not quite as structured and um, it's very I fancy now. Professional, I suppose, <laughs> yes. is what it used to be. Yes. Um, so I think in that world, I've always been networking. I've always mm -hmm. kind of been doing business development. I've always engaged with people at those cocktail events and those lunches and everything associated with that. So there's two fronts to PRX. I always said there's got to be a better way than the massive boozy long lunch, which mm -hmm. we're all good at, but there's enough of them. There's got to yes. be another way to do it. Mm -hmm. The second angle that I was unable to shake was where do we meet our clients? Because mm -hmm. ABA has these exceptional clients that we work with regularly day in, day out. They operate across the firm from innovation and R&D and government grants to tax and corporate advisory and business advisory. And when we boiled it all down, we met them at events. Mm -hmm. So the business owners that we interact with don't go to young professionals they don't go to chamber of commerce events they don't go to the long lunches if i ask them for a coffee they'd laugh at me and if i asked them to come and drink for eight hours to 14 hours on a friday they'd say andrew that's not for me yeah so the two worlds collided where i was looking for something else to do that wasn't so centrally around alcohol mm -hmm. and i was then looking at the clients that we love working with mm -hmm. and PRX was formed um, peer X as a peer group, you're looking for other like-minded business owners. X was a bit of the factor that we didn't know what was going to create mm -hmm. because if you put 30 to 40 really exceptional business owners together in a room, they're going to create something. Yes. And the way in which we decided to do that was to do cool shit with cool people. And you can't not make friends if you've done cool shit together. I mean, if you've gotten yeah. in a helicopter and landed in Tangaluma and rode ATVs along the dunes, you Sometimes got something to very talk to. slowly, though, Andrew. We weren't going to comment on that, but <laughs> very cautiously. I'm such a driving Miss Daisy. But then PRX kind of created that space. Again, talking mm -hmm. space. We 
went out to my network, my database of, of people that I knew would like this kind of thing. And we were respectful of, we take your Friday once a month, same Friday, third Friday of every month. You just know you block it out of the diary. Mm-hmm. We'll be out from anywhere from 11 till 4.30, 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those owners that value their family life, your home for the family. For yes. those that want to kick on, there's a whole bunch of people that will kick on. And for those that can't make it, we will let you bring your senior people, CEOs, in your place. Because we're creating that environment where they'll get good ideas. They'll, they'll do yes. cool things. Uh-huh. And ultimately, know me, like me, trust me before you do any kind of business is they all know each other. They all like each other because you're into the same shit. Yep. And you build a lot of trust when you're doing crazy things together. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's jet boats. You were also a little bit nervous on the jet boat. Midget. <laughs> we gave Midget our first helicopter experience too. Absolutely. Um, Popped a lot of cherries. And on the, I think, <laughs> and on the speedboat, I was between you and Michael. So I felt safe. Well, with you, maybe not Michael <laughs> so much. <laughs> but it's, again, those things people wouldn't plan for themselves. Mm. So the last part was you, you just got to show up. My team will have planned something exceptional that you wouldn't have planned for yourself. You wouldn't have done it otherwise because you would have been at work. And um, Shane, who runs it, he, he always has the line, we'll create a good weekend for you. Because you go into the weekend telling the story of what you did on a Friday, yes. which was amazing. Yeah. The next week at work, you're talking to everybody at work about this amazing thing you did. Then mm-hmm. you get the two-week lull. And then yes. all of a sudden, we send you an invite for the next cool thing. Then you're talking about that cool thing. So we, we were hoping we would change the conversation of the stressful business owner that has no vent and outlet yeah. into more of that, look, I, I, I do this because I need to just escape. And the best way to escape is to do something that all you can think about is that thing you're doing, mm-hmm. driving a V8 buggy over dirt jumps. Like yeah. You're not thinking about that, I don't know, HR problem or that cash flow forecast that's on your mind. You're You're thinking about don't go off this jump sideways because you'll roll this fucking thing. <laughs> and the guy's yelling that. at you <laughs> about whether. So giving that, giving that vent, giving that sort of opportunity. And then ultimately, those are the sort of people that might end up being our clients. Yes. Which, um, if that happens, then, then great. And it has. And those people are doing business together. And then I brought the charity angle in to say, we're also achieving what a lot of those business owners want to achieve. But again, don't know how. How do we give back to the community? So we introduced Live In uh, Gold Coast Project for Homeless Youth is the charity for the next quarter. So we're now exposing some of those business owners and, and I guess, city leaders to those exceptional charities on the Gold Coast that are doing amazing things. Yeah, love that. Love Can't that. Can't be wrong. There's too many good things in that. I, that's why I said for it's four all the months, ingredients. six months, I was like, I just can't shake this. I yeah. got to do it. Yeah. So you jump off the cliff and learn how to build a plane. You do that? Perfect. And I know for, I'm not going to mention names, um, but I know for some of your members of PureX, they also have told me that it the experiences look really cool on their Instagram and on their dating apps <laughs> when they're photos <laughs> of all of these different experiences, wine tasting, yeah. chopper rides, you know, RVs, sports cars. They're like, it's doing wonders for my profile. Something I didn't know. No. So. Yeah. Is that one of your profiles, Mitch? Is it <laughs> helping? <laughs> In a small uh, look, way, I get to It's so help embarrassing that. because <laughs> that chopper eye, when there's that photo of me in, on the chopper, that is on my Tinder profile. It's, yes. I know it's embarrassing, yes. but anyway, I have all these fun photos. Maybe the dancing CEO's photo goes up as well in that gold costume. Just, just got to be honest and <laughs> genuine. What you can't see is how scared Midja was on that helicopter. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just look like, look at this lifestyle she has. Um, oh. So talking about lovely segue um, into like dating apps <laughs> and dating and love and all of that, um, Andrew, and I know you've mentioned your wife and your beautiful family and the mm. love that you have. Help me, Andrew. Help me. <laughs> help me give help me, you. Give, he keeps saying that he's this great connector and everything. Little, like we've been friends for a while now. He's introduced me to no one. I'm sorry, Absolutely Mijak. no one. I don't know how this has happened, Andrew. <laughs> what What are you doing for me? Oh, how am I going to find love? Well, I'm asking now, oh, so geez. wait and see, people. This, this, It's pressure now. When this podcast goes out... We're gonna we're gonna know after this podcast how many weeks in between or whatever it is. That's right. If I'm if I change my status, it's all because of Andrew. <laughs> I'm being serious though. Advice, Andrew. We 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 spoke a little bit, and and I think getting out of so it's easy for lawyers to meet lawyers. Um, yes, it's easy for lawyers to interact in circles and associations and. Mm-hmm. Even dancing CEOs, to an extent, is a group yep. of lawyers. Now, mm-hmm. there's different sort of, I guess, craziness factors of lawyers. So mm-hmm. you're going to meet different lawyers. Um, and I did that for a long time. And I got out of the legal slash, there's a lot of real estate agents too, slash, um, um, there's a whole bunch of others. But getting out of that and getting out of my comfort zone, and I met somebody who was a nurse, completely out of what I've ever mm. really dated. And the opposites of that just again, created a massive amount of support for the crazy ideas that I have. Mm. Um, Because you also don't want to have somebody who's got crazy ideas as well because the two crazy ideas will end up being just this recipe for for disaster. Both people want to be that person. (laughs) Then you're just competing for that, aren't you? Yeah. I want to do this. I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to do that. Um, And and when you've got two huge personalities, um, that it's a lot. And, I mean, Megan brings a level of, of, of sort of support to my crazy ideas that allows them to flourish, but also the practical reality of what we do every day mm-hmm. as a family, as our own goals, as our personal and family goals are, are important to us. Mm. Those are aligned with what we're both good at. And she'll say, again, she always talks about the recharge. Where, where do you recharge best, Andrew? And I say, I need to put myself in a group of people. I need the energy of wherever I can put myself with a lot of people that I get to interact. Mm-hmm. Megan wants to be at home. So there's mm-hmm. there's the sort of the opposites of of that. So it kind of grounds me instead of getting too carried away cuz I can get carried away and I'll participate <laughs> in what's what, what's in front of me without much forethought as to the rest of <laughs> whatever happens. I'm just in for the opportunity yeah. in for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um and and I found getting out of that sort of lawyer slash professional services network of people mm. that are so easy to meet. Uh, that, that for me was a real changer. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to find you somebody. And we spoke a bit about the creative industries getting out into. Mm. Mine was that healthcare industry. Just people that grew up in professionally in that world just have different values. Yes. I had to get out of the lawyers. It was... Well, I have I have had guests on that lawyers who have married lawyers. So mm. there's there's a lot of lawyer kind of couples kind of out there. So I have quizzed them about that. Yep. And yeah, and but certainly then, like, uh, you've uh, also got to be yourself. We we sort of spoke, and mm. I think I heard you once say, Andrew, 
I give I give like thirty or forty percent of me because I just don't think people can handle me. She said, when, I think you said once when I yep. go with my friends, it's all midja. And yes. And I don't think a lot of people can handle the is what you said to me. Mm. And you just gotta get it all out. <laughs> and if someone can't handle it, yes, they're yeah. not right. Yeah, absolutely. You should never change. You absolutely, can't, can't change for anyone. Yeah, and I see some. What I love is, you know, I have a lot of friends that are, I suppose, quite similar to myself and, and sort of personality-wise or uh, a bit gregarious, I suppose, in, in their approach and, and mannerisms. And some of them have the most beautiful partners and I can see them. And often they're, they're sitting quietly and they'll be having a drink. But I see the that just that look when they look at their wife or – their girlfriend and uh, I see it with with you and Megan as well is just that look of just being proud of them being with them like mm. not that we own people but that's my woman you know <laughs> but there's this um I just see that that wonderful interaction that even if someone is you know a little bit life of the party and maybe has had like a lot of champagne or whatever that they're still there like having a bit of a giggle having a bit of a giggle at them, allowing them to do the, the dance or, oh, here she goes again, and I love her for it. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And sometimes, and yeah, opposite that, that, that opposite. Encourage that. Yeah. Be, be the person to say, that's who you are, Midja. Mm. I want you to go and do that because that's where you find your fun and your joy and your happiness. Yeah. And I think my challenge was I thought everybody needed to do what I did to have fun and recharge, yes. and they don't. So everybody's yeah. in control, same as Megan and I, of their own kind of happiness and what brings them happiness. Mm. Rather than me think we've got to go to all these parties for us to find that sort of energy, yes. I had to kind of accept that sometimes she doesn't want to go. Yeah. And that's fine. Sometimes yeah. she does want to go, and that's fine. Mm. Sometimes she needs me to do something like not go to a party and do something that's more mm. what she wants to do, and, and that's fine. It's all fine. Rather than live in my world of everybody's got to be like us, Midge. <laughs> yes, yes. And also I've found um, sometimes having – and I've only got probably a couple of friends that I can really just be blah with, you know what I mean, like after a huge week of presenting or when you've had big events or keynotes or things happening and – you can just be in silence or you can just like slow mm -hmm. it right down because I don't know, I don't know about yourself, but often I find if I'm out, there's a lot of, Midge, tell them that story. Midge, <laughs> get the champagne. I'm like, okay, I'm, yep, good, I'll do it. But there's a lot of expectation yeah. around bringing fun, mm -hmm. bringing energy, bringing the story. So I have a lot of that all week. Yeah, And so I, I'm starting to think even someone that – the more quiet times together would actually maybe that might work better. Do you need that stability? I found I need mm. that stability to then bring the crazy next time. When you need to and bring that, it, yeah, it's that grounding. It's that because yeah, the the two gregarious people running that same level of energy 
it, 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 I quite honestly think it's competition. Like, while you're yes. doing that, I'm going to do this. While you're doing that, I'm going to level you up and do this. And we're going to go to this massive thing. It's exhausting. <laughs> I'm tired thinking about it. <laughs> I absolutely am. And that, that home, that sanctuary, that place oh, you can retreat yes. into and say, okay, well, I'm going to reflect on all of that amazing stuff that's and going just, on. Yep. And the bad stuff, because the bad stuff comes just absolutely. as quickly as the, so the, 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 the bad stuff that comes needs that mental clarity mm-hmm. that only a good environment can give you yes because for anyone who's been through any challenging situations you don't find the answer at three thirty in the morning at a bar that you wondered how you got there <laughs> you often find it with that moment that you're sitting somewhere in a safe space thinking through well what am i going to do with this how am i going to deal with this what am i going to say about this all that stuff so that's where I don't know, looking at the love life advice was mm-hmm. getting out of that because professional services are good at the, we're driving, we're driving to the next thing. We're, yep. we're driven to get here. They're always driven and ambitious people. And yes. The ambition that Megan has is just in a different world of the home yeah. and the family yeah. and the life and the kids and, and how do we create an amazing life for us, which for me doesn't allow me to get lost in the drive and the crazy of mm-hmm. business and the new business and the the people in the business and the charities I work with, there's always that. I've always got that stability that mm. I'm able to then bring that fun back into the family life. Let's travel. I mean, yes. For the first three and a half years of ABA, I had five months off a year. We would pack wow. the kids up when they were six weeks old, I think was their first flight, or ten weeks old, and we flew them to Canada, and we drudged them around wineries and <laughs> I've snowboarded, on, snowboarded with them on my back over the winters. We've, they wow, don't remember any small. of it. Yeah, so tiny. But the, the the life that we're able to create is only possible with someone, someone again, supporting yes. and focusing on the life you want. Good advice. Watch this space, people. I know people will find people. I'm either going to give you the one or a really funny story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Andrew, we have um, – a little card sets here in the studio, a sort of a, I'm not that woo-woo, maybe getting a little bit more, not that sort of woo-woo, but I Different mean more. The universal universe woo-woo. Um, but I have a couple of cards here, two boxes. One is Carpe Diem. One is Trust Your Crazy Ideas. Mm-hmm. Which box do you want to pick from for your message from the universe? I'm always going to go crazy ideas. I knew that. I was nearly going to bring the other set, which is dream. And then I saw Trust Your Crazy Ideas and I knew you you were in today. And I'm like, no, I'm taking Trust Your Crazy Ideas. Um, let's see what. Just pick anyone. Just pick anyone. There's only like six. Of I know. Well, you need to. That the universe is. And you need to open the front up. Is there chocolate in it? No, I know. It's it's a fortune cookie without the, oh, the smack. Kobe Amanda. Mm. Yamada, sorry. Some ideas spark, some ideas flow, and some ideas you need to hammer and forge into being. Persistence. I feel... Hammer and forge into being. Sounds like a lot of work. Well, we did talk a little bit about doing the work, right? I thought I did the work. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about those two years of knuckling down. And the, uh, um, the interesting time we're at ABA now is really consolidating and coming back into our core mm-hmm. business offering. So, again, going back to as we grew, 
things start to happen that you don't necessarily, I don't micromanage. I'm the, probably the farthest thing from it. So hammer and forge I'm currently doing to get it back into what our advisory exceptional kind of client service deliverables look like. So maybe it's just... That was a message for you. There's the universe telling me that I just got to keep pushing on with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Back to the core. Back to the core. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, for Thank being you, on the podcast. Thanks for the chat. Absolutely. Could have talked for hours. I know. I know. I feel it could have been a part two. I've never done a part two before, but I felt it could be. We'll just have to get you on again. Um, Thank you so much. Where can people kind of find you and all about ABA and PRX and everything else? What's ABA Legal Group dot com dot au? LinkedIn. I'm finding LinkedIn very useful. I I don't really focus on LinkedIn, but I love when people reach out on LinkedIn. Yeah. so LinkedIn, I'm I'm out there, and again, I'm I'm the guy that'll have a coffee and give you any of my thoughts. So we'll be having fifty coffees. <laughs> we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. <laughs> I'll give you crazy date ideas. I'll have all these random coffees, and right. I think you get the better end of that deal. <laughs> um, yeah, abalegalgroup.com.au, and sort of see what we do. And um, for anyone that's interested in just reaching out for a chat about anything, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Perfect. LinkedIn's easier. Andrew at abalegalgroup.com.au, which uh, we hired another Andrew and I didn't allow him to take my email address. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just come up with another name, surely. Uh, he's yep. he's A-Ray. <laughs> we had to get nicknames. <laughs> we had to get clever. So, yeah, any, any of those cool. mediums and avenues and, um, yeah, just reach out. Well, thank you, Andrew. It's always an absolute delight to talk and um, – and thank you for being just just such a wonderful leader in our community and for the work that you do. And certainly if I was to name the handful of people that I am inspired by, you might make the list. Oh, good, you thank you. Make the list. There was too much pressure there. I know, but you absolutely <laughs> would. I, you know, from just a, a business perspective and from someone like myself sort of starting out, in trying to create something and maybe, you know, and a little like you where there's lots of ideas and lots of stuff running through the head and trying to grab those ideas and and wrap them in some sort of financial business model and idea and what to do with that. Yeah. We'll have lots more conversations. I know, I know. I love those. Wrap for this week's episode. Uh, Enjoy the week ahead. Go out there and spread your magic in life and love and in your leadership role, and we will catch you next week. I'm Midja, and thank God it's Monday. We trust you enjoyed this episode of the Mondays with Midja podcast. Host Midja Fisher is a leadership expert, keynote speaker, coach, and facilitator. To find out more about Midja, visit midja.com.au or follow her on Instagram, Midja Fisher. And make sure you subscribe, share, and leave a review.